Hi, this is Pastor Ben Fagelin from Bright Church. I'm so glad you're listening to this podcast. I hope this message inspires you, deepens your relationship with God, and that you're encouraged in your faith. We hope to see you soon at Bright. Hands up uh, if anyone has overeaten during Christmas with me. I, uh, you know, it's, it's three days into the new year, and, you know, I begin conversations with my husband about diets. Uh, about taking my diet more seriously because, gosh, and, and I started talking to him about, you know, keto diet. Has anyone heard about the keto diet? Anyway, if you, if you have, have a conversation about it with me later. But, um, you know, in all honesty, you know, I've, I've started to reflect on 2019 and, and I've started to think about what were some of the things that were really hard about this year and what are some of the things that were wins about this year? And, uh, and to be honest, I, I actually started backtracking back into 2018 and I knew that God was, was, was preparing me for 2019. And he, I, I heard him say to me so clearly, he said, Charlene, 2019 is going to be a year of growth. And, uh, and who knows that when God says something like that to you, uh, it's not going to be a two-minute video of, of triumphant moments. And then I, I found myself reading. I, I read from, you know, Sam Chand, and uh, if anyone knows Sam Chand, he's a leadership author, and he, he talks about growth in three words. And this is what he says. He says, growth equals pain. And I'm like, oh, great. thanks, God. Well, thanks for being really diplomatic about it. Um, and, and the way he actually sums it up is, you know, he, the way he comes to this conclusion, he says, you know, growth, when, when, you, when you grow, there, there are some changes that you have to make. You know, you might need to make changes to how you're used to doing things and how you're used to perceiving things, so you make some changes. And when you embrace change, you have to accept some losses in your life. You know, you might lose the sense of comfort or you might lose any sense of familiarity as you step out and do something different. And when you accept loss into your life, there is pain, isn't there? And so if you do the mass, if you do the mass, you know, growth equals change equals loss equals pain and so therefore growth equals pain and so I, I looked into this a little bit further and, and I, I started looking up growing pains just thought you know I'll just make it more exciting for myself and I looked up growing pains online and and you know growing pains are a real thing you know it's, it's growing pains are a real thing that is that's that harmless muscular pain that you know children between the age of three to five experience maybe between 8 to 11 and again when they become teenagers. I have no recollection of ever experiencing this pain, but it's a real thing that, that human beings uh, experience. And I just thought, wow, how fascinating that even the natural course of de development of growing is painful. Isn't that crazy? And the truth is that, you know, in life it is inevitable that all of us will go through some sort of pain I mean, if you haven't, I mean, I can talk to you about it later, but, uh, you know, we all experience pain in different ways and varying levels of, of, of pain. And, you know, to this morning, I'm going to try and, 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 and categorize pain in three different ways for you. The first type of pain I want to talk about is stupid pain. Does anyone know anything about stupid pain? Let me share one of my stories of stupid pain. I remember 
that I was in my parents' bedroom, and this was when I was living in Singapore. I was, you know, a young girl, and I think I was just, I was watching Superman or some superhero movie, and I was feeling really inspired. You know, Superman has a few moves, like he's flying and his capes, you know, waving in the wind. I'm thinking, I'm going to reenact some of those movements. And so I get up on my mum's bed. It was a queen-size bed. I put, I put a mattress at the, the foot of the bed, and this, that was, that was going to catch my landing. And, you know, I'm running across the bed, and I'm jumping off, and I'm doing some moves. And I was going to be Supergirl. That's what I called myself. And, uh, you know, I started to get really cocky. You know, I was like, oh, yeah, I'm feeling it. I'm feeling these moves right now. And so I'm going to take it up a notch. And so, you know, when you watch movies and you see superheroes and, and they're, they're about to do this amazing stunt, but in the movie they freeze in time? You know, in my little head, I mean, I didn't know that video editing existed. You know, I, I just thought that it happened. And so I, I thought I was going to step it up a notch. And so I'm running up and in my mind, I was going to do this flying kick in the air. But except, you know, gravity started to happen and it, I didn't really quite get my leg out into that flying kick. And so I landed on my ankle and I went... And, you know, the pain was instantaneous and I could hear my brother running out the room and getting my mom and she's like, oh, Charlene's jumping off the bed. I think she's hurt herself. And, uh, you know, that pain is stupid pain. I mean, we do things to ourselves that's just dumb. And then there's the second pain, the second kind of pain, which I like to call unexpected pain. And this is the kind of pain that it's not, you know, the result of any of the decisions that we've made or consequences of, of any of our, you know, dumbness or anything. It, it just happens unexpectedly just because we live in a world, a fallen world. We live in an imperfect world. And even though Jesus had come back and he, you know, even Jesus had come and, and died on the cross for our sins, the, the truth is we still live in a world that's still impacted by the effects of sin. And so, you know, there's so many examples of, of how unexpected pain can come. You know, a mum that, you know, may have carried her child for 38 weeks and she gets to the labour ward and she's waiting for this moment and, and she realises that she's delivered a stillborn. This has got nothing to do with decisions. You know, this mom might have gone to every single doctor's appointment, every scan. She's eaten well, she's exercised well, but things still happen. How do you explain cancer, you know, that hits when to a, an extremely healthy individual? Unexpected pain. It's not a result of any of our decisions that we make. And then the other pain that comes is, uh, you know, is pain when we choose our way instead of God's way. Do you know there are consequences for that? And, you know, we might, we might call that simply, we might call that sin. It's when we decide we want to do things our way instead of God, God's way. And there's actually consequences to that. You know, let me just give you a really, really simple example. Is that when someone wants to harbor unforgiveness in their heart, it does something to them. It actually causes them to become really bitter and it causes them to relive that experience of pain over and over and over again. I mean, it, nobody wins from harboring unforgiveness. 
But you know, our Father in heaven, he says, he says this in, in Matthew 6, 15, he says, if you do not forgive others their trespasses, neither will your Father forgive you your trespasses. You know, God actually, you know, has plans to, to prosper us and not to harm us. And so when he tells us to do things a certain way, there's, there's usually a point behind it, you know. And the truth is, um, there are so many varying experiences of pain that we feel. And, and, you know, it might not even be within those three categories that I've just described, but the truth is we cannot escape pain till we get to heaven. It's just, it's just a fact. You know, 10 years ago, I had my own experience of pain. I, um, you know, I suffered from a very debilitating form of clinical depression. And 10 years ago, you know, there wasn't a lot of press out there about mental health. And, and it was, you know, it was hard. And it was really, really hard. And the way I dealt with it was I would sleep a lot. And so... I'm not talking just about a couple hours a day that I'll sleep. Like, I would sleep for 12 hours during the day. And, you know, I was living with my sister-in-law at the time, and I, I can still remember this. She would come into my room, and she will knock on my door, and she would tell me good morning. And I, I wouldn't even answer her. But she's, she's, you know, she's trying to be real positive about my day, and then she says goodbye. And then 12 hours later, she'll come back, and she'll see me in the same position, unmoved. I hadn't taken a shower. I hadn't eaten, just lying there, defeated. And the truth is, like, you know, I, was, I found myself in a place where I was just so stuck as a young person. I just didn't know. I just really struggled to find my feet, and I just didn't know what purpose there was for my life, and I genuinely believed that I was good for nothing. And so every day that I stayed in bed, it was just reiterating the fact that I was a failure. You know, in high school, I was quite a high achiever, but I got to university, my first year of university, I didn't know what I was doing, and, and I hated going to university, and, and I, to be honest, I didn't go to 80% of my classes, and so I was like, oh, I'm definitely not going to pass, so I just didn't rock up to my exams, and it was the first time in my life I failed an entire semester by default. You know, guys, when, when we go through pain, we just, we cannot get stuck in one moment of pain. Because the moment that we do that, we keep reliving and we keep re-experiencing the same conversation. We keep re-experiencing, like the, we keep telling ourselves, we're, we're no good. We can't get past this. You know what? The devil loves that. You know, the devil has one agenda here on earth and that is to steal, kill and destroy everything that God has purposed for your life. He loves it when you get stuck and you can't move past the fence. He loves it when you get stuck and you just can't move past the pain of the trial that you find yourself in. He is thriving when that happens. And you know what? The day that I decided I just didn't want to keep sleeping anymore, I had to make some preparations for those moments that I was going to fall back into the old ways of thinking. You know, I would start putting slippers by my bed so that my feet won't get cold because just the act of taking my Duna cover off was just hard. You know, when you're depressed, everything is hard work. Everything you do is hard work. Just even choosing my outfit for the day was hard work. And so I had to prepare for this moment. 
So I, I had shoes laid out and then in the bathroom I had my outfit laid out in the bathroom so that I just wouldn't have to think about it because the moment I had to start thinking about things in the morning, it, it was just too overwhelming and so I go back to bed. And the devil knew that and so I had to prepare for those moments and it was hard work. I don't know who likes hard work but, you know, pain is an inevitable part of life and you know what? Jesus actually said that we will have tribulation in this world and that pain will be, we shouldn't be surprised about pain. But Jesus also says this in John 10.10. 10. He said, I have come so that they may have life and they will have it abundantly. Do you know that in the Psalms, the Psalmist talks about how God heals the brokenhearted. He binds up their wounds and he saves the crushed in spirit. Oh, God is amazing. Amen? Yeah. He is so good. But, you know, if we get stuck, we just can't move past this. You know, I'm thinking about an athlete, a marathon runner, and, and, he's, and this person's running. He's been training for this moment for a long time. His lungs are burning. His muscles are about to give way. But he can see he's just moments away from the finish line. Can you imagine if that person just decides, I'm just going to give up? right there you know and then he runs and he makes it over the finish line and he might fall over in exhaustion but imagine if you are just one moment of pain away from your breakthrough imagine if you just push through just a little bit longer you might be just one moment away from fulfilling what God has called you to do do you know that God has a purpose for your life? Whether or not you believe that, you know, that, that you're good at anything. I mean, if you're like me and you really just doubt it, that you're good at anything, I'm telling you right now, God has a purpose and a plan for your life. It's not, a, it's not the end. You know, just because, and you know what? Just because God calls you to do something, it's not going to be easy to get there. You know, I used to have this idea in my head that if I'm living out God's calling... It is going to be a walk in the park. My finances are going to be okay. My relationships are going to be okay. My kids are going to be thriving. But the truth is sometimes even when you're walking out obediently in God's calling, it is still hard work. Stuff still happens. Pain still comes. And, uh, you know, there's no one that knows this better than Paul and Barnabas in the Bible. Paul and Barnabas in Acts 13 was called to the mission field. And in fact, God actually gives them no specifics. I really hate that. I'm a person of detail. I like knowing where I'm going. And, you know, God has a habit of not telling us much detail. But, you know, he actually just says, set Paul and Barnabas apart for the work that I've called them to. And so they obey the Holy Spirit and, they, and off they go. And they're, they're being obedient to God's call. But very early in walking into this journey, you, you know, they go into Antioch and Iconium and people didn't like the message that they were preaching. And so influential leaders in the city start inciting people and they're like, kill them. And in both cities, they've had mobs, angry mobs of people trying to stone them. They're walking out God's call and it's not easy. But it doesn't stop them. You know, they still keep proclaiming the gospel boldly. They keep doing what God's asked them to do. And, you know, God even grants them signs and wonders to be performed by their hands. So much so that Paul heals a cripple. 
who hasn't walked, ever walked since birth. And the crowds that were witnessing this amazing mirror, I want, you, I want you to imagine right now if you've known someone for your entire life and you know that this person has never walked, but Paul says, get up and walk, and he's healed and he walks. I mean, that's just amazing. And so what happens in a turn of events is that the crowds actually start worshipping Paul and Barnabas. I mean, that's not what they uh, set out to do. And so the crowds start bringing bulls to sacrifice to them. And they're bringing wreaths of flowers to worship them. And so this is, this is where we pick up, if you've got your Bibles, this is where we pick up in, in Acts 14, verse 14. And, and this is Paul and Barnabas's, Barnabas's response. They said, When the apostles heard of it, they tore their garments and rushed out into the crowd, crying out, Men, why are you doing these things? We also are men of like nature to you, and we bring you good news that you should turn from these vain things to a living God, who made the heaven and the earth and the sea and all that is around in them. And, you know, Paul keeps talking and he's trying to reason with them. And we go down to verse 18 and it says, Even with these words, they scarcely restrained the people from offering sacrifice to them. And here's the game changer, people. Keep reading. In verse 19, it says, But Jews came from Antioch and Iconium. Do you remember the two cities where, you know, they had people that didn't like them? They came from those places and having persuaded the crowds, they stoned Paul and dragged him out to the city, supposing that he was dead. Talk about a fickle crowd. I mean, one moment they're worshipping them like they're, they're Zeus and then, and then the next moment they're stoning these guys. I mean, make up your minds, people. Just in a matter of one verse, so many things can change. But it says in verse 20, this is, this is the amazing part. It says, when the disciples gathered about him, he rose up and he entered the city. And the next day he went on with Barnabas to Derb. And when they preached the gospel to that city and made many disciples, they returned to Lystra and to Iconium and to Antioch, the places where they, he got persecuted, he returned to those places and strengthening the souls of the disciples, encouraging them to continue in the faith, saying that through many tribulations, we must enter the kingdom of God. You know, there was no big fanfare about Paul. He just caught up. People actually thought he was dead. But it just says, I mean, you know, as Luke is writing about the books of Acts, you know, he's recording this as a historical record. I mean, he's not recording emotional responses, but Paul just got up. He went back into town. And, uh, you know, he doesn't sit and go, oh, woe is me. And honestly, if you got tried to get killed about three times, I, I think it's actually quite okay to do. But um, he doesn't. And he just gets back up and he keeps going. Uh, and I just think, wow, there is, there is no victim mentality here. If you know anyone who's suffered from victim mentality, you know someone, you know, someone who struggles with victim mentality, they just, they just believe that they have absolutely no control over every single thing that is happening in their lives. And, and, and they start viewing the world through these colored lenses that everything bad is happening and they just can't control it. And they just keep reliving and re-experiencing those moments of pain and they just can't seem to get past it. Not Paul. 
Paul kept going and he didn't get stuck in a moment of pain. And you know what? He might have gotten knocked down, but he was not knocked out. No, he actually refers to this incident in 2 Corinthians 4.9. He reflects on what happened to him when he got stoned. He says this, I was persecuted but not forsaken, struck down but not destroyed, always carrying in the body the death of Jesus so that the life of Jesus may also be manifested in our body. Here's a man who was called by God and he was obedient to God's calling but he was mistreated real bad. But it didn't stop him. And he didn't get stuck. And you know what? It doesn't, you know, he, he'd gone through many tough times. But I don't think for one moment Paul and Barnabas believed that God had left them. Or I don't think they believed for one moment that they weren't walking out in the call that God had, had, hadn't planned for them. You know, Paul had a lot of problems. You know, people wanted to kill him. But, you know, Christine Kane has this great quote. She says this. She says, peace is not the absence of problems, but it's the presence of Jesus. And I have no doubt that Paul would have been carrying the presence of Jesus with him wherever he went. Because if he wanted to have longevity in whatever he's doing, he had to have the presence of Jesus and he needed to have peace that surpassed all understanding in order to keep doing what God has asked him to do. I'm going to tell you a story, and the story begins like this. What began as a muscle twitch in a forearm of one man turned into an ALS diagnosis. I'm talking about this man, and his name is John Payne. And I don't know if anyone has heard about the story of John Payne, but, you know, he writes a book called The Luckiest Man. He actually talks about how ALS was a gift to him. And I, I don't know if you're like me or if you knew anything about ALS, but John actually writes about the experience of pain. He says this. He says that pain will be your lot in life. And as an, someone from suffering from ALS, you can imagine, he says this, you will have no movement in your arms, your forearms, your fingers and your legs, your heart can't even do breathing for you. You're going to have to get used to a machine breathing for you. And you're going to have to get used to sitting in a chair because you can't move. And, uh, and in that chair, it's going to feel like there's a thousand cigarettes just burning through your backside up to your elbows, to your legs. And John writes about how you just ever awake to the pain and the fragility of life. And when I read that, I just thought to myself, wow, I just, I just can't imagine living like that. It's painful and it hurts. But the amazing thing about John is that, you know, he shares about, he shares so authentically about, you know, how he wrestled with God and how he was choking on his tears as he was praying. He was saying, God is just not fair. It is not fair that this is my lot in life. And God says to him, my grace is made perfect, my, my power is made perfect in your weakness. And John actually writes this, he says that it is not God's desire that all should be healed of every pain. Because if, if that was God's desire to just lift up every single pain that we feel, I mean, don't you think Jesus would have been able to pray away his cup of pain? I mean, 
out of everyone, I think Jesus would have been the most deserving recipient. I mean, he was perfect. He lived a righteous life. He was the most faithful and obedient servant that ever lived. But don't you think he would have been able to pray it away if that was God's desire for us? He says that intimacy with God isn't best expressed by providing his people with a pain-free existence. And he says that, you know, as we grow intimate with God, it is when we meet, when God meets us in that pain and he becomes that comfort even when we feel abandoned in that moment. And, you know, when you hear a story like this, it's, it's, you're, you're encouraged, you're inspired. But, you know, when you go through your own stuff, it is so hard and it's so painful And here's what I don't want you to come away, you know, from today. I'm not saying that you need to suppress your grief. I'm not saying don't grieve the pain. I'm not saying let's just pretend it never kept, it never happened and just just keep going. Because even Paul didn't do that. He writes later on, he writes about how he served with humility and tears. Even Jesus felt pain. You know, the shortest verse in the entire Bible says Jesus wept. He wept and he expressed his pain when he, he discovered that Lazarus died. And, you know, in that expression of his grief, he raised Lazarus from his dead. You know, we, we are designed and created to be able to, to feel pain and to, and to grieve that pain and to process that pain. But what? What, we, what, what, what we can't do is we can't just get stuck. We just can't get stuck in that. I mean, grieve it. Feel it. It's real. But, you know, we can't keep getting stuck because we don't want to just keep reliving the pain, do we? I mean, we, we can't just get stuck and, just, and not move on and just camp out there because, you know, if you camp out in your pain, there's, you've got a bigger problem on your hands. We just can't get stuck in one moment of pain. And you know what? I know that sometimes it's so hard, but you know, God can use everything, including your pain. There is always a point to pain. It's, it's not, it's not for, for nothing. And you know, Jesus said in this world there will be tribulation, but Jesus says, I have overcome the world. I don't know what hopes and dreams you've had this year maybe you came into 2019 and and you thought oh my business is gonna take off this year I'm gonna get my finances in order and I'm gonna be out of debt or maybe you thought that this year your relationships were gonna be better maybe you thought your marriage would have been better by now Maybe you've been waiting for a baby and it still hasn't come. I don't, know, I don't know what hopes and dreams you've had. You thought maybe this year is the year, but somehow it still hasn't happened and you're still in pain and you don't know why or you don't know how or when this is going to end. And maybe you've, you've been you know, struggling with chronic illness and pain in your body and maybe you've really struggled with social anxiety or you you haven't been able to get out of the house because of that anxiety whatever it is God knows maybe you felt that you've got knocked down not just once or twice but maybe three times four times this year and now you just feel like you can't get back up 
I'm saying you can't get back up. I'm not saying that those things aren't real. They're real and it's hurting. But you know what? Like Paul, you can get back up and you can go back to town. In Isaiah it says, Remember not the former things, but consider the things of old. God says, Behold, I am doing a new thing, and now it springs forth. Do you not perceive it? You know, the person that has gone through the most pain in this world is Jesus. He went through incredible pain going to the cross and dying for our sins. And uh, you know what? There is no greater comeback than, than being resurrected to life. I mean, gosh, he was dead. He, ex- he ex- experienced the pain of death, but God brought him back to life. And maybe that's you today. Maybe you feel like something is dead in you and, and, and you just don't know how to revive it back to life. Maybe there was a passion in your life that was once a th- you know, you knew that God had placed it there for a reason, but it's died because of disappointments and that happened over and over again. I am saying to you today that I want to give you an opportunity today to, to get back up and move past the pain and the disappointments. I want to give you an opportunity today to acknowledge to God to this morning that, you know, that yes, it is real and yes, it is hard and yes, it hurts, but I want to move on from this place. And so we're three days away from the new year and you can set up territory in a new place and you can say I am this is hurts but I am moving past this God this hurts but I know that you are with me and you will never forsake me and that you will be with me every step of the way and so with every head bowed and every eyes closed hey thanks for listening to the bright weekly podcast We hope you're encouraged today and we'd love to see you at one of our services. So to connect further with us, head over to brightchurch.com.